Well, a video just hit the internet yesterday and people are not happy about it. It shows an alleged attack on a middle school student by a reported trans student. Uh, I have a lot to say about it. I have a guest coming in who I also know will have a lot to say about it. Outkick the morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. Happy Friday. We made it. We are this close to the weekend. Thank goodness. Uh, it's also raining here in New York City again. So that's going to be the case today, tomorrow. We're going to get through it, though. I uh, just introduced myself for all of you who don't know my name, which I'm sure all of you are definitely very familiar with where you are and who you're sitting with. I'm Charlie Arnold. Uh, but what I want to start today's show with something that is really unsettling. Uh, there's a video that started to circulate on X yesterday thanks to Outkick's own Riley Gaines. So a concerned parent sent Riley a video after her daughter, who is a student at a middle school in Portland, a uh, Portland suburb, that is. Uh, she appeared to be violently attacked by a reportedly trans student in the hallway at school. So before I get into any more about this story, here's the video Riley was sent and then posted to her account. Okay, so I think the video makes it very clear, very obvious as to what happened, but we're gonna speak in very politically correct terms because you know, we wanna make sure that we are factually accurate, but the video speaks for itself. As you can see, the attack person appears to be, the attack appears to be unprovoked. Uh, it was a complete and utter beatdown. Nobody, look at all these students standing around watching what's going on. Nobody rushed in to help the girl, but you also realize because someone's here recording the incident that there were multiple people who decided to pull out their phones and record the violence. And there's actually another angle of this same attack uh, that we aren't going to show you on this show. But if you are interested, it's all over X right now. Riley had posted it yesterday. Uh, it just shows the same attack from another angle. Also, apparently, this same reportedly trans student who attacked this girl uh, also decided to attack two other females, two middle school females in a gymnasium at the same school uh, at some point in time as well. That also was caught on camera and also is making its way through the internet right now. So if you're interested in watching that video, that is also everywhere out there. Uh, but in that gymnasium video, unlike in this video where you can see the girl was really just left defenseless, thrown to the ground. Uh, she's crying, uh, struggling to get up. And you, you heard her say at the end that she can't stop crying. She was clearly very shaken up. Um, there was a victim in the gymnasium video that did decide to fight back against this reportedly trans girl, uh, which, as you know, also means a biological boy. Uh, so it's just really unfortunate. Uh, this is something that's happening in a middle school. Uh, and it just makes you wonder why this video, when it occurred, because I believe that this is now several days old, uh, maybe even a week old, uh, wasn't addressed or circulating like wildfire the second that it happened. Because I have to imagine that if this was a video of a student attacking a trans person, you would see it absolutely everywhere. Like, I do not think there would be a second of hesitation uh, before someone were to post this and uh, people step in 
adults step in, the school district steps in. Uh, I have to imagine that there would have been a lot more outrage right away. Uh, but I will say, I do believe from what we know so far that this trans student was already arrested. I don't know if they're still in custody. I don't know if they're being charged, but we are hearing that according to a website, uh, I believe it's called Organ Live, uh, that there has been arrest made. So it, it th seems like things are being handled to a certain extent, but I just don't feel like the outrage really existed in the same way that it would have if this would have been a trans student being attacked and then it caught on camera and people just standing by and watching. I have to imagine this would have spawned a lot of, you know, hate groups uh, bringing up how this is sending a message and how the LGBTQ plus community is constantly being attacked and no one's there to help them. Uh, so that really gets to me a little bit. Uh, but I also have a problem with people just, it doesn't matter what the case is, I don't care who's being attacked, why are people constantly in all of these situations just standing around with their phones as people are getting into fights and being attacked? We're not just seeing this in schools, we're seeing this, we've had, I think we just had a video the other day of someone getting into a fight at an NFL game. Uh, there was a Patriots fan that passed away after there was a fight. Now, we, are, we do have confirmation that that guy did not die because he was attacked. Uh, but fact is, is there's all these fights happening out in public and people's first instinct, rather than to jump in and help, although we do know what happens when you try to jump in and help, uh, as we saw with Daniel Penny, uh, what happened to him was completely egregious. Uh, people just whip out their phones. People aren't willing to jump in. Uh, it's more for content, the sake of content. Uh, that's what drives everything these days is people are just so quick to videotape things so that they can put it on the internet, get the likes, get the comments. Uh, it's really quite disgusting. But as far as this school district goes also, like I mentioned, it is a suburb of Portland. Portland has a huge mass of problems of its own right now. I mean, ranging all over the place. It's one of the most liberal cities in our country. It's being absolutely destroyed. This particular school district actually has had gender neutral bathrooms since 2013. That is 10 years they have had gender neutral bathrooms. There are some school districts that are just now catching on to this social contagion, uh, which I wish they wouldn't be. But this school district has already had this going on for a decade. And the reason that they instated these gender neutral bathrooms a decade ago was because of concerns from trans students. I don't understand why everybody constantly pays attention to the concerns of trans people. What about the concerns of straight people? What about the concerns of people that believe there are only two genders? Shouldn't their concerns be addressed? Because I know for one, if I'm a parent and I'm sending my kid to a school, I don't want them to have to share a space, whether it's a bathroom, whether it's a locker room, with someone who was born a biologically different gender. That just does not make any sense to me. I also know that if I were a student, if this were me in this situation, because I'll tell you all, when I was in school, none of this craziness was happening, I would feel so uncomfortable. I even think about it right now when I go to the gym, for example, you know, because you walk around the gym locker room and you use the sauna, let's say, you are undressed and you're walking around sometimes with nothing on, sometimes with just a towel on. And I think to myself, what if I were to get into the sauna and I would notice that there was someone who identifies as trans who's sharing the sauna with me? I just can't imagine being in such a confined space, uh, a space that I'm supposed to feel comfortable in as a woman that's designated as a women's locker room and having to share it with someone who was born biologically a different gender. Uh, none of this makes sense. I feel so horrible for the student who was attacked I have a feeling she's going to be scarred for a very long time. 
And as you can see, absolutely no remorse from the trans student who decided to attack her. Uh, there's clearly a lot of things happening right now that aren't being addressed to really help those who are feeling like they're in situations that they shouldn't be in. Riley Gaines is a perfect example of that. We tried to get her on the show to talk about it, but uh, she was unavailable. But uh, I'm sure that this will just be one more nugget, one more little stepping stone in her appeal to the government, to all of those people out there making these decisions as to why there need to be separate spaces for women and for men, not just in sports, but also, you can, as you can see, uh, this is really spilling over into many different environments. Uh, okay, on that note of the idea of trans athletes being able to participate in women's sports, uh, there's a few people you think sometimes you can count on to really spell it out straight, right? The scientists. If no one else, the scientists understand, you would think that they would understand why men should not be able to compete in women's sports. Well, anyways, there's an astrophysicist you may have heard of him, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He decided to throw his two cents into the ring on trans athletes, doubling down unexpectedly uh, for whatever reason. I don't understand because, again, he is a scientist uh, as to why trans men belong in women's sports and trans athletes shouldn't have to compete in their own category. It's outrageous. I'm going to let you listen to it for yourself. I'm wondering whether the future of those sports is you don't contest gender with gender, you contest hormone ratios. So but you don't even have to have whose, that question. Whose opportunities are being curtailed today because they are being forced to compete, whether in sports or elsewhere, against people who have some kind of advantage of. What? But don't, don't say it's an unfair playing field. So all of a sudden, the big issue is trans women taking the slot of a woman in an unfair playing field. Fix the playing field. What the hell does that even mean? Fix the playing field? What, you want women to suddenly, like, be born differently? You want them to suddenly come out, like, with different anatomy? Like, their hips are different, their leg lengths are different, uh, their stamina is different, their lung capacity is different. I'm not sure what you're talking about. There's no way to change the playing field. You are born the way you're born, and that's it. Uh, he doesn't think you should contest gender with gender, but instead you contest hormone ratios. None of this makes sense. This guy is a complete hack. The title of scientist should be stripped from him for now and forever because he has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. And unfortunately, if we can't now even count on the ideas that scientists present, uh, I'm not sure who we're supposed to turn to in these type of situations. I guess you're going to have to turn to people with common sense like myself. Also, someone else who seems to have a lot of common sense, and I'm going to bring him in right now. Uh, let's bring in Merrill Hodge, former NFL running back and also proponent of common sense in keeping men out of women's sports. Merrill, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I, I already know you're going to have a lot to add to this conversation. So let's just jump off from what I was just talking about. Neil deGrasse Tyson, a so-called scientist who now believes that it's not about anything other than changing the playing field just as it is inherently seen. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's no way to change the playing field because people are born the way they're born. What is he talking about? Well, Charlie, I, I don't think he has any clue what he's talking about. Anytime that you see a title of a scientist and then he um, talks in that manner, it te tells you he's, uh, he's grotesquely disturbing that he doesn't even understand science because there's one thing 
you know, you can cut off whatever you want, bolt on whatever you want. You can change anything physically in your body. There's one thing you will never change. You can't change. And a scientist should know this from a actual scientific fact. You will never change your DNA. Your DNA is your DNA. Can't change your DNA. Exactly. Um, and that ultimately ends all discussions. And, you know, if you, if you want to bolt on stuff and change stuff and, um, claim you're a woman now you can't change your DNA and from a sporting c capacity that's cheating okay we don't allow drugs we don't allow steroids shoot up coached every level of sports there is I mean even in youth football we have rules we have things that birth certificates have to be correct okay even age limits we try to do things so that we can make things that, that are balanced shoot we even make sure that you have to have a certain size of football or that's considering Consider cheating. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's penalties for cheating too. By the way, well, that's the thing is it, that was the first thing that I thought of when I started involving myself in this conversation because I've been working in sports for so many years now, and I know one of the big reasons for players getting suspended is PEDs because it enhances your abilities in so many different manners, and I'm like. Well, this makes no sense because if you're not going to let people enhance their abilities by using drugs, why should you just let someone who has inherent advantages, who are born with those advantages, compete against right. people, women, that will never be on their same level? Uh, it makes which, no sense. So I, it, yeah. it's just, it's insane. You know, Charlie, I've always... Um, um, okay, so, oh, sorry, keep going. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't follow every every story about this so you know i may be out of touch with this um but like all of those women right activists that are just proponents of protecting women women's rights like, like where are they like where are they in this oh in this oh you discussion? mean oh you mean like like you oh you mean like the megan rapinos of the world yeah like where are they uh, I mean, well, you, well, they're they're around, they? they're around, but unfortunately, they're also advocating for men to play in women's sports. So, uh, they're, they're exactly. really a lot of these activists are truly just the biggest hypocrites, which is right. ultra insulting Absolutely. as a woman because you'd think, you know, these people who have been pushing for equality, equal exposure, all of this, you know, equal pay, whatever, like blah blah blah, you should be the ones who would, of all people, realize that you wouldn't even have the level of success you have currently if you would have been competing against men for. Uh, you know, Correct. decades now. There is a reason why they complete, compete, uh, created different spaces for women. Um, Meryl, I'm sure you also are aware, or you at least saw at the beginning of the show, uh, there was a girl, a middle school student in a Portland suburb who was attacked by a trans student in the hallway, mm -hmm. completely unprovoked. Uh, and I know you're a dad. I know you have a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I want to get your perspective because I know that your kids are older now, but... Yeah, Charlie, what if your like, daughter like was in middle school or in high school? What what would well, you I do? That, that, and, and this happened. I, I just well, that's the first thing I was thinking. Okay, first of all, I'm a dad, and I got grandkids, and I got a little, I got a little Essie who's six years old. Um, I got a, I got, I got a ten, an eight, a six, and a two grandkids. Um, I got a daughter. If that happened in my, for my, one of my kids in a school environment like that. <laughs> You know, we're talking about you know, what all these people should do around, which you're right. I mean, it's disturbing to sit there and just watch people that rather video it than, you know, try to intervene, stop it, help, help. But I look at where teachers are, where administrators are, and then where are the parents? 
you know, where, where are the people mm -hmm. um, like that, you know, now, unfortunately, I mean, listen, they may show up, I don't know, but I, that behavior, that behavior is so out of line and uncalled for, um, you know, that's criminal-like, you know, that's not just, you know, kids being kids, that's criminal-like. It is criminal. It's yeah. not even criminal. Like, it is criminal. I mean, this this girl. I don't. I, she should be put into a juvenile detention center, and she Correct. should stay I there. Go after it as a parent. I, you know, listen. I, I I did student teaching, so I got a, a teaching certificate. And then when I did that, six months of that, after I got doing that, and that was like thirty years ago. Okay, after I got doing six months of that, <laughs> actually three months into it, I was like, I'm going to play in the National Football League as long as I can, <laughs> working in the school environment. Yeah. So, I mean, I applaud the people that work in those environments. They're special people and, you know, they, they got certain skills there, but, you know, you know, th those halls have to be monitored better. I mean, where are those administrators and then where are the parents? Cause those are the people that need, need to take care of this and, and the criminal aspect of it. I, I do everything in my power, you know, press charges against that, the, that beast that did you that. You know, what's just so crazy to me. I think about, okay. So when I was in middle school, I actually had a situation in which a boy said something inappropriate to me in the lunch in the lunchroom. It, it was like an offhanded comment, you know, just a boy being a boy comment. Anyways, out of just, uh, you know, routine, like my friends and I, we would go talk to our counselor at school. We were, we were friends with the guidance counselor in the middle school because she was just like a, a younger woman. She was cool. She would give us all like little girly advice. And so after lunch, we all went in and I told her, about what happened. And I just mentioned it offhand, you know, cause I actually thought it was a little funny. You know, I've always been like kind of a, a guy's girl. So it was not something that I took as, oh, this is sexual harassment. I just repeated it Expensive. in okay. part of a yeah. casual conversation. She got so upset that it didn't matter that I told her in confidence and in private and just kind of a part of a group conversation. She went and took it to the headmaster of the school and the boy within weeks, expelled. And it just gets me thinking that this is not even a big deal. He said one comment to me. Yet now here we have in school districts, people being attacked in the manner like this, uh, not just in the hallways. We have, we have a girl, we had a report, um, a foxer was all over it a few weeks ago, who was sexually assaulted in the bathroom at her school by a boy. And her dad tried to bring it to the school board and he was told that if he didn't stop spewing lies, that they were going to ruin his life. Like it was just a whole big thing. And, and he ended up um, being charged with something. Uh, Glenn Youngkin had to pardon him. It just was this whole big, you know, situation. And it just gets me thinking, why back in the day were things so normal or, you know, things were, were not tolerated. But nowadays there are these horrible, horrific things happening, yet nothing's being done about it. Yeah, you know, Charlie, I, I think that everybody, you know, that has lived and believes in structure, um, believes in ownership and accountability, um, you know, and proper behavior, um, respect, love, all of those things, you know, you can, I, I experienced this from my own concept of like, gosh, damn, you know, you see all these things that are going on in the world. And um, what I have come to the conclusion of, the thing I have to do and the thing I do focus on is the environment that I live in. Make sure that those things are part of the environment that I live in, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if we all kind of do that, you know, 
then we can clean up some, you know, of the things that are going on in the world. But um, to ever think, you know, there used to be, uh, there's a saying that people say, oh, it's old school, you know. And when you talk about old school, you know, it's about accountability, discipline, hard work, structure, um, you know, and there's always uh, punishments to things that are done. Well, actually, I don't believe in old school. I believe it's the only school. Like that hasn't gone away. It still um, belongs in our in our world today. Um, and I try to apply that no matter where I am and in what environment I'm in. And I make sure that I have that and help people with that. And it is uh, it is troublesome that that these mm-hmm. type of things can happen in a school environment. What you said just happened to you, you know, just was out of the overreaction of yeah. that lady. There's no doubt that that was. And actually, you know, being in that environment, you know, you almost. But it, just, almost, sh- but it really just shows the differences between yeah, it just exactly. shows the differences, though, then versus now. And it also shows right. that the LGBTQ plus community is given certain privileges and they are allowed to get away with things that ordinary people, you know, a, a boy saying something inappropriate to a girl would never fly. Is, uh, right. Then, well, what, or maybe well, now reaction, it still wouldn't either. Right. The reaction that your your counselor or administrator did on that day should have been applied in that school that we just saw. That second. Exactly. <laughs> That's what should have um, been okay. applied there. Well, let's... Let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted, or I guess it's not really lighthearted. Uh, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, this is actually a very se- serious subject. Um, uh, it's on the subject of CTE, which is something I know that you um, are very uh, familiar with. You know, you you are very outspoken about the fact that you <sighs> went into cardiac arrest in 1994. You suffered two concussions just two weeks apart, and so. A, I, I'm just curious to know, like, if you're feeling still, still those symptoms of having those concussions, and uh, how we should also view players who we, I think, very realistically can tell are dealing with concussion-like symptoms. Uh, CTE, Antonio Brown being one, Chandler Jones being another, potentially Sergio well, Brown. Uh, there's a lot of people who yeah. have gone on the internet right now and are just losing control. Uh, yeah, just shed some light on the whole situation, if you would. Sure. Um, first, Charlie, um, what happened to me, and if you even if you look at what's happened to Tua, Pungavailoa um, in Miami, their quarterback, okay, really, okay, concussion is not the problem. Head trauma is not the problem. It's care. That's always been the problem. My career didn't end up end because of concussion. It ended up because of improper care. Tua that um, when the, the Thursday night game, that was about improper care, improper protocol, improper evaluation, return to play, okay? Not about head trauma. Um, head trauma, we don't want to have. We want to eliminate that. I mean, we want to minimize it the best we can. That being said, you know, the leading cause of head trauma in this entire country is tripping and falling. The most dangerous environment where that's going to happen is your home. So if anybody was really concerned about head trauma, like we'd get rid of the home. we quit living in the home. Because that is where head trauma is going to happen in a person's lifetime at a better rate than in sports. And there is no CTE. Um, these players that you just referred to, there is no reference to CTE. Nobody, first of all, let, let's use it from a scientific perspective. CTE is not even a disease. It, it, from a scientific perspective, and that is a scientific fact, it is not a disease. There is not, an inform, not, inform, not enough information scientifically to disclose it as a disease. 
There's no, so if you don't have disease, you can't have symptoms, you can't have staging. Now I know that people use that and that's deplorable and harmful. And all of this comes out of Boston University. There is one source that always talks about CT. Do all your research, do all your information. It comes from one area and that's Boston University. Listen, they've been in court cases. They've been deposed. They've been caught. Like, when I just say this right here, this right here should end their program, okay? They have manipulated and changed medical records to claim people have a disease that they're claiming a CT. If you change medical records, okay, that is malpractice. That is criminal. I mean, that, that, that should, the entire university scientific community of the CT bar should be shut down because that is their practice. That is not me telling you. That is in documents from depositions in court cases. Okay, so that is a fact. They've been doing this forever. They've been lying about it. They've been creating in a narrative that is not true. CT is not a disease. There are no symptoms from CT. Antonio Brown doesn't have CT. Antonio Brown has some emotional issues. Now, because we are not counselors, we have not visited with him, we do not know what they are, but they are not CT. And for anybody to say that is deplorable and harmful. And if they're going to say that, mm -hmm. then show me the scientific evidence to back that. That's all you have to do. Just ask them to prove it. Everything I'm telling you right now, I could send you a scientific literature on, on subconcussion. Science, subconcussion is a science fiction thing. It is poorly defined, misleading. And but but Meryl, the can't they only need? But Meryl, here's my question. Can't they only prove CT definitively by doing a brain scan after you pass away? It, they can only find the pattern once you pass away. Okay. Now, that being said, that's the pattern. Okay, Charlie, so let's use that. Okay, the people that have the pattern in the medical record, over one third of the people who have this pattern never played a sport in their life. They're as young as six years old and three-year-olds mm -hmm. have the exact same pattern. So what does that say? That eliminates sports right there. If you have that pattern outside of sports, well, you can't blame sports. You can't blame football. You can't blame something when you don't have the scientific evidence to back it which they have mm -hmm. no scientific evidence about. There's more literature. Here's one of the steps in, in science that you must have, replication and duplication. So Charlie, you can come up with something scientifically and you could say, hey, I think this is A. Well, then a bunch of other research has to be done to replicate and duplicate what you just said. Well, that's exactly what's been done to everything that Boston University has done. There are stacks of literature that have tried to replicate and duplicate what they claim. Keep in mind, their science doesn't even say it. Mm -hmm. They say their science says it, but if you read the scientific literature, their science doesn't say that. It says the antithesis. In fact, there was just a paper done yeah. of all the scientific literature of Boston University, and it shows all of their scientific literature is nothing short of garbage. It is science fiction. But people don't read the paper. They listen to what they say. Science doesn't lie. People lie. Mm -hmm. And all they've done is lie about the uh, science. That is you know what? People lie about a lot of things. That's that's the unfortunate yeah. uh, part of the world we live in these days. And that's that doesn't that doesn't just remain in the realm of science. That is across the board, uh, as we've seen uh, politics being a, a, a major other category in which we're hearing nothing but lies as American people. Uh, Meryl, before I let you go, I have to ask you. This is the lighter subject that I was referring to earlier. We've got a lot of great games on the slate this weekend in both the college world and the NFL. What are you most excited for this weekend? bow hunting being out in the woods <laughs> it's bow season so i'll be out on, now I'm, trying, I'm kidding i mean now because i watch tape on all the games so i don't necessarily have to watch the game 
But um, listen, I, I, I mean, I love on, I love Saturdays. I love the pageantry of college football, but I love the matchup orientation and just how sophisticated and complicated and how good pro football is. I just college and, you know, I tell people all the time, the, the, the fields are not even the same on college and the NFL. And they're like, what do you mean? It's not the same. I go, the hash marks in college are wider than they are in the NFL. So that completely changes both games. But in college, here's a simple way right. to put college football. My guy is better than your guy. About 90% of the matchups you're going to see on Saturday. That's just the case. And, you know, Colorado is going to USC. And people are like, okay, can you can Colorado beat USC? Okay, unless there's a bunch of turnovers, no. Because why? USC's <laughs> guys are better than Colorado's guys, period. Okay, I don't care who's yeah. coaching. That's just the fact. Then you think about the NFL. Well, there we saw what happened there. last weekend. So, and USC is even better right. than Oregon. Right. So that, I mean, just, that's just college football and, and, you know, but there's always those upsets, but when you have upsets, a couple things usually are, are a part of that. One of them is turnovers. You know, there's just all kinds of craziness that you just can't predict. And turnovers are the biggest indicator of wins and losses, especially in the NFL. No, no other statistic gives you any better um, a win or loss ratio than that. You know, I don't care what they do on third down. I don't care what they do on first down. Turnovers matter in the NFL and they're big, they're big in all, I mean, in all levels of football, but especially the NFL. So, and I think the Miami Buffalo game will be crazy. I think the Raven Cleveland game will be interesting. I'll probably catch them because I'll be out of the woods by then. But if I don't, I get to watch all that tape all week. So I'll get to catch up on it even if I miss it. Okay. Amazing. Well, Meryl, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And I got to say, now I'm more excited to hear about what happens with you bow hunting this weekend than I am about any of the games going on. So please keep me posted. I hope that you bring in some, uh, well, I'll be honest. I don't even know what bow hunting really means, but it sounds exciting. What are you hunting? Yeah, whitetail. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting whitetail. It's about, it's elk season two. So there you go. It'll be a combination of things, but venison is what we're looking for. And I'll update you. Thank you. Charlie. Okay. Well, if you happen to have any leftover fur, listen, I am always looking for a nice scarf, uh, maybe like a little fur handbag, some moccasins. I don't know. Whatever whatever you can scrounge up for me, I would be uh, more than honored to wear your catching. So, uh, Meryl, thank you so much. You can do it. You betcha, Charlie. Take care, honey. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Uh, I hope PETA doesn't come for me. And if they do, I don't care. Literally, I love real fur. I will never not love real fur. And if anyone out there wants to send me a fur jacket to wear on the show, I would also be honored. Uh, also, what I am honored for is the fact that I'm now joined by one of my lovely producers, Katie McDuffie. Uh, she's very much into pop culture like I am myself. We have fun conversations, girl conversations all the time. Uh, okay, so we're going to get into a few things. Okay, the first thing that I want to talk to you about is the story that I was really hot on yesterday, the meatball story. And we're not talking food. Uh, we did just go to the pizza festival this past weekend, but we're not talking food. We're talking about the loser influencer from Philadelphia who streamed herself, live streamed herself, looting all of the stores, ransacking and encouraging everyone else to commit the crimes as well. She was arrested, but she's already out, of course. And um, now she's already glorifying her thuggery on social media, and like everyone else just seems to be putting her up on a pedestal as well. Um, so let's let's read a couple of the comments and then I wanna get your take on, on like what's let's going on and why we live in such a disgusting society where people are saying like such, you know, praiseworthy comments to her. Uh, someone said, 
get booked and came out the next day. Hashtag ain't nothing, which I guess nothing is like her catchphrase. Uh, meatball. If they don't drop all your charges in preliminary, we setting the city on fire. F it. Okay. Uh, let's just let's just start start there. Well, also the fact that she has two hundred thousand followers and on she's Instagram. disgusting. And I have to question the internet right now because all she does is twerk and then she goes on and loots a store and everyone's cheering it on. What the actual heck? I don't think I'm ever going to be able to eat a meatball again. Also, who bailed her out? Because that was a $25,000. But, but you only have to pay 10%. So it was only 2500 So I feel like... Well, honestly, here's I my hope. take. I think someone paid it in full and I think it's Bud Light and Nike because you know what? <laughs> They're going to recruit her. I mean, she's a, she's a star candidate for them. I just... I'm really disgusted by the fact that there's someone that clearly sees her breaking the law, right? She is live streaming her committing a crime. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no justification for it. There's, it doesn't matter what your cause is. You, you don't break the law uh, for any reason and then feel proud about it and then encourage other people to do so. And then for someone to say, if they don't drop all your charges, then we're setting the city on fires. This is just, they're just hoodlums. No, it's crazy. And I actually, I reported in 2020 all the riots where, you know, I saw this looting firsthand. And it's terrible because unfortunately people take advantage of situations and the small businesses have to suffer. And I mean, an iPhone business isn't a small business, but you know, there's still the hardworking It doesn't matter. I don't, it, it could be the biggest business in the world. Yeah. They don't deserve to have their store broken into and ransacked and looted by people that aren't fighting for any type of cause. They're they're literally pushing back because a police officer did his job, mm -hmm. and 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 they and they said, "Great, great job." You know, we're not going to charge you because what would we charge you for? That's that's just kind of the world we live in, though. It's the lawless society we live in, and she also said on the live stream, she's like. I better get arrested tonight or it's going to get lit. And then she comes on Instagram the next day and all of a sudden she's the victim again, which is absolutely ridiculous. So this girl meatball, I think we should start a meatball protest. I think that's what we need to do. I'm never eating listen, a meatball again. Okay, listen, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't join you on that venture because I, I am Italian and I love meatballs and I, I can't, I can't, but in spirit. Uh, I, I definitely will protest this meatball. Uh, this is the only meatball I've ever met in my life that I didn't like. Um, Okay, let's get to the next story because uh, there's a few things I want to get into with you. Uh, the next thing is that the Senate has reinstated the formal dress code after Fetterman was slumming it. And this is just days after they had said there was no dress code, clearly doing what they can to appease uh, this slob of a senator, John Fetterman. But now they're reversing course. They're saying the dress code is back on. And so now looks like John Fetterman, he's going to have to do a little shopping. I mean, thank goodness. I think the Republicans need to adopt the logo, make America hot again, because the left is trying to do everything they can to make America a mess. I mean, they cheer on obesity. We want to show up at, to work as slobs. <laughs> so, you know what? I think this is what we need. I think we need to just make America hot again. Can they you get on board with that? Okay, so here's my thing. I can get on board with, uh, like, being presentable and all that, but you, there are days, like, I hope no one sees me, you know, first thing in the morning when I'm out walking my dog. Uh, but that's okay because that's in private. Yes. If I'm coming to work, just imagine if both of us were sitting right here, yeah. like not having shower, looking disgusting, wearing horrible clothes that don't fit us. No. Um, that just wouldn't give the right impression. And I don't think anyone would take either of us seriously. And listen, I had a friend who showed up to a job interview in jeans and she asked for feedback at the end of the interview. What could I do better? And she said, you should dress up next time. Like, imagine walking out of an interview feeling like that and that's the feedback you get. 
So you know what? We need to bring back the blue collar mentality. We need to make America hot again. I think that's it. That's we just that's all we need. Okay, finally, I want to ask you about the hot dog challenge. It's making it's making waves on the internet, but Charlie, it's very bizarre. You sent this to me and you're like, you haven't seen it yet? And I was like, <laughs> no, I haven't. And I, I have to question what's on your algorithm because I have not seen this at all. I, I you showed me the video. It's absolutely Can we see ridiculous. the video? I think we have the video of the uh of the hot dog challenge, just so people can know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's do we do we have video of the hot dog challenge? Oh, there we go. There it is. Okay, so basically, what it is is it's <laughs> girls who tie a string around their waist with a hot dog attached, and then they try to get it into their mouth. This is like semi pornographic, like soft core <laughs> porn. Uh, <laughs> wait, this girl actually almost did it though. Uh, no, but in all reality, I mean, it, I remember during COVID. Mm-hmm. People started really getting into TikTok. Yeah. And I was watching Sopranos. I mean, it's not like I was using all of my time to the best of my ability, but I just remember being like, what are these stupid dances? Like, I'm sorry, like, this is not how I want to spend my time. And now it just seems like the trend continuously get dumber and dumber and dumber. Where does it stop or does it just keep going? I think it's almost like the internet. You need to be stupid to get all these clicks and likes. I mean, that girl Meatball has 200,000 followers. Yeah. So it's almost like you have to dumb yourself down and do participate in this ridiculous challenge to get the likes and the views. And it, honestly, it pays off because, I mean, you know this more than I do, that, you know, these ads, they don't come cheap that you do on it. You just film a 30-second video on Instagram and people are paying what? I mean, you would know yeah. better than I would. Uh, it depends. Depends who you are, uh, and I guess it depends what company is soliciting you. But yeah, you can definitely get paid out. And um, I, I'm not going to be doing the hot dog challenge. <laughs> I just personally don't have time for it, and I don't eat hot dogs really like on a uh, I think casual that basis. Would look absolutely ridiculous doing that. But I mean, if I have to try it for the show, I will. Uh, you know what? Maybe we'll maybe <laughs> maybe we'll put you to the test. Okay, Katie will be doing the hot dog challenge. Uh, okay, Katie. On that note. Thank you so much. Uh, she's off to the Giants game this weekend to watch, what, I mean, Taylor Swift. You're there to watch Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm just declaring myself as the official Taylor Swift reporter, so she's a Taylor Swift. Tuned, she's a Taylor Swift reporter, and um, she will be giving us all the lowdown if, if there's a Taylor sighting when the Jets, I mean, not the Jets, the Chiefs play the Giants on Sunday at MetLife. So uh, best Sunday. of luck to you there. <laughs> I hope you get to hang with Taylor, and uh, let me know how that goes. Um, okay, guys. We are going to wrap up the show with a man that I adore, Elon Musk. Uh, he can do no wrong. Uh, first of all, shout out to Elon for yesterday going down to the border, specifically to Eagle Pass, where we know is one of the worst places for illegals crossing. Uh, he met with law enforcement there. He met with politicians to talk about the migrant crisis uh, and really just gave us a firsthand and very transparent look at what's happening, something that many journalists in our country even refuse to do at this point, even though if you're paying any attention, you realize how horrific the situation is getting. Uh, but Elon, also known for bringing the best content to X, the platform that he acquired earlier this year, uh, he posted this. It's a graphic of a guy snuggling up with his girl, and they're watching none other than Gladiator. So it definitely got me to thinking about the question, how many times a day do you think about the Roman Empire? Uh, because Elon Musk clearly is thinking about it. And I would say that most men out there who are real men also would say that they think about it several times a day. So obviously, this is becoming a trend. 
So there are people and there are companies who want to jump on this Roman Empire bandwagon, and they have absolutely no place to do so. One of them being Panera. Okay, so Panera just launched a new Roman Empire menu. It features eight items. They've got the broccoli cheddar soup. They've got the cinnamon crunch bagel. They've got the toasted frontega chicken sandwich and two types of Caesar salad. Okay, so first of all, there is nothing Roman Empire-esque about Panera. I look at these foods and I already feel like my intestines are being clogged up. I already feel like I'm having probably gas problems, suffering from inflammation. Um, things are just not good, right? These foods are loaded with preservatives. They are loaded with chemical garbage. I can't imagine how many calories these have. And there, there's nothing natural or Roman-esque except the fact that it's called a Caesar salad about these foods. Uh, so it got me thinking, what did the Romans eat back in the day? So there was a few things that I found out that I found to be very interesting. One, the Romans believed it was healthier to eat only one meal a day. Very, very different from what we Americans usually take on as our normal eating routine on a given day. Uh, so they were apparently obsessed with digestion and eating more than one meal a day was considered a form of gluttony. <laughs> so they were not supersizing anything. That is, that is the main point I am getting across here. And Roman elite, they're popular, but costly fare, of course. It included pheasant, songbirds, raw oysters, lobster, shellfish, venison, wild boar, and peacock. I don't know where to find any of those foods, but I'm interested. Uh, I feel like Merrill Hodge could probably acquire some of these foods for me, so I might have to get him on board with this. Uh, but then I really wanted to look into some of the main faces of the Roman Empire days. Uh, so I looked into Napoleon. His favorite foods, eggs, potatoes, soups, and pasta. Although I have to imagine, not the broccoli cheddar soup you would find at Panera. Uh, in one of his most celebrated victories, uh, presented him with a recipe and it gave name to what we now call the chicken marengo. So everybody, if you're looking for a new recipe this weekend, Google chicken marengo. Uh, it sounds delicious. And if you want to really embody the Roman Empire, if you think about the Roman Empire, this would be some, something you should be considering. Uh, next, I looked into Julius Caesar, his favorite dish, pig's neck, baked with apples. Guys, I'm just saying, if you, if you claim to be a warrior, if you wanna be part of the Roman Empire, this is something you should also look into. Uh, and finally, I have Augustus. He was a man of frugal habits. Uh, he was very modest when eating, and he really only liked plain food like coarse bread and cheese, which also, as a woman, I can totally get behind. Love a good charcuterie board. Uh, I could definitely see myself partaking in that this weekend. Anyways, guys, women want warriors. That's the bottom line here. So go get yourself some pheasant. Go get some songbird. Go get some peacock. Eat some coarse bread and cheese. Do not go to Panero. Panero. That is a new word. Don't go to Panera. And uh, let's embrace the warrior within all of you. Um, okay, I'm going to leave you on that note. Uh, and I hope that you all enjoyed today's show. We really covered a bunch of different topics. And we hope to see you again on Monday. This show happens Monday through Friday. And I hope that you'll be here with us. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Hit the comment button. Find me on social media, Charlie on TV. And that's going to do it for today, everyone. Have a fabulous weekend. And we will see you on Monday. Hey, looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotion, expert bets, latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.